Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Let's give our guests, if anybody's here for the first time, a hand clap this morning. Maybe your first time online. We're blessed that you chose this church to come to, and we pray that by the time you leave, the one thing you'll remember is that God was here. And that you met God, amen, and that the presence of the Lord was real in your life this morning, amen. I want to talk this morning, if you open your Bibles, to the book of Matthew. Let me see your Bibles, by the way. How many got your Bibles? Matthew chapter 4. And uh, I want to talk about a subject that is possibly the most important thing we can talk about after our salvation this morning. And it is overcoming temptation. Amen. Overcoming temptation. This is something that we deal with on a daily basis. This is something that's in our face all the time. We are constantly being tempted uh, by the devil and, and to do things, to think things, to say things. And I want to talk this morning about overcoming that. And I want to make it clear that we can overcome temptation. Amen. We're going to start off in Matthew 4 reading some verses from the Bible about Jesus himself. How many know there's no greater example in the Bible than Jesus? Our Lord, our Master, our Savior, our Leader. And He is led, verse 1 it says, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when He had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward He was hungry. And when the tempter came to Him, He said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. I want you to know before we continue to read that there's no bolder person in this world than the devil. How many know it takes some boldness to come to God Himself and say, if you're God? And I want us, as we look at these Scriptures, I want you to put yourself in the position of Jesus. Not that we can be Jesus, but in the position of understanding that Jesus was human. So a very important part of the doctrine of our faith in Jesus Christ is to understand that He was human. He was fully God and fully human. And so he had the same power of God in him that we have today, but he had the the same doubts and the same emotions. All the things that we face, he faced. And so we have an example in him, and this, this bold enemy comes and says, if you're God... It caused these these stones to turn to bread. And I want you to understand something. The devil has been around a long time. You and I have been here for, if we're we're blessed and favored to live a hundred years, that's a long time here on this earth, that's milliseconds compared to the time that the devil's been around. He's been around since the beginning. As a matter of fact, before creation, he was around. He was in heaven as an angel. So he knows how to to uh, tempt he knows how to come at us he knows how to attack us and the devil knows what your weakness is this morning he knew at this moment the first thing he could attack Jesus on was his hunger but the thing at the same time is the devil is not as wise as we make him out to be because Jesus was fasting and how many have ever fasted and in in though it's difficult once you get past a certain amount of meals or days you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get hungry or you get stronger. And so he attacked him with food, but Jesus had been fasting. So he was in the Spirit. He was in, he was in tune with God, 
And, and Jesus responds like we need to respond. Why are we talking about catching the fire? And why do we talk about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Why are we challenging you for 31 days to get into a habit this year of reading your Bible? Because you cannot defeat the devil without the Bible. Jesus Christ himself, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God himself in the flesh, used the word of God. And he does not respond to Satan in his flesh. He responds by saying, it is written. In other words, the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. One of the things that Jesus shows us here is there is nothing more important in your life than the Word of God. He starts off with that right off the bat and he tells Satan, I'm going to defeat you by the Word. Not by me, by the Word. Now we know he is the Word, but we have to use the Word to defeat Satan. So then Satan gets even bolder and he takes him up to the holy city and sets him on the pinnacle of the temple. And, and now here's the interesting thing. Now Satan quotes the scriptures. You, you think you're going to defeat a devil that you don't know the Bible? If you're going to defeat the devil, you've got to know the Bible because he knows it better than you do. So he comes back at Jesus in boldness and says, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down off this pinnacle. And he says, For it is written. It's pretty bold. It's written. And he quotes scripture. Word for word, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So he quotes the scripture to, to Jesus. And Jesus says back, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now something even crazier happens. And this is where I would put myself in this story, and I'm thankful I'm not Jesus. And I'm definitely thankful you're not Jesus. Because he says, again, the devil takes him up on an exceedingly high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of their world and their glory and says, all these things will I give to you if you fall down and worship me. Time out. Satan is, can you imagine if, some, if you gave something to somebody and then they came and acted like it was theirs and tried to turn it against you? He has the boldness to tell Jesus all these things that you created, I'll give them to you. How many would have whipped out the lightning bolts? Come on, be real. How many would have gotten the flesh? How many would have said, who do you think you are? I mean, you can tempt me, but you're way out of place right now. But he didn't do that. That's what we would have done. That's what we do when we fall into temptation. We get in our flesh. We don't walk in the Spirit. We don't respond in the Spirit. But we have to be in the Spirit. If you're filling your life with flesh this morning, and you're fleshly, you're going to respond fleshly to temptation. But to resist and overcome temptation, you have to be like Jesus, and you have to be in the Spirit. And one of the best things you have to do is humble yourself. How many know it took Jesus some humility to let him say what he said and get away with it? And he says, like, here's his answer. Then Jesus said, now he does get a little bit angry here. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. 
Holy Spirit, we invite you to talk to us today, to minister to us today, to speak to us today. Father, we ask you to open up our minds, arrest our minds, and cause us to be focused on your word today, Father. We bind the spirit of the enemy that wants to defeat God's people. And we pray for an anointing upon your word that will bring forth fruit. And Lord, we thank you that you are Jesus and you are Lord and you are on the throne. And we give you all the glory for this church and this word this morning and this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the most important areas of our lives, if not the most important, is to understand overcoming temptation. Now I want you to write something down if you're taking notes. I'm going to say this several times during this message, and I really want you to get this if you don't get anything else. Temptation is going to happen. Temptation is part of our lives. But I want you to write this down. Temptation, when habitually kept at a distance, becomes powerless. Did you hear me? I didn't say that it goes away. I didn't say it doesn't happen. I said when you are habitually keeping temptation at a distance. And, and I kind of use this motion on purpose because we need to, put it, we need to get it away from us. Amen. Keep it at a distance. If we do that continually and habitually, it will become powerless in our lives. And I'm telling you that out of experience. I'm telling you that out of the Word of God, that you can have things in your life today that you might think you can't overcome. You're going to see in the Scriptures today that you can, but you have to continually and habitually put that at a distance. And it will eventually cease to exist. It will eventually lose its power because the devil will go pick on somebody else. He has easier prey. How many doesn't want to be easy prey this morning? I, I want the devil to pick on somebody else. I want him to know he can't get me. I'm, I'm an overcomer of temptation. But I want you to have hope this morning, and I want you to understand that you can. But the first thing we need to understand is being tempted is not a sin. And this is one of the biggest lies of the devil that I can tell you he uses. What he does is he causes us to be tempted. He comes and tempts us like he did in the garden with Adam and Eve. And, and as he tempts us, He'll lie to us and deceive us to believe that because we feel tempted to do something wrong, we've already sinned. It's a big lie. Because we know scripturally here that Jesus was tempted. And we know scripturally that Jesus was perfect. Had no sin in his life. So if he was tempted, sin, temptation was not a sin. It would have been a sin if he would have given in to temptation. We're going to see this in a little bit, but I want you to understand and, and, and let that help you maybe start in the right direction of overcoming temptation to know that when you're tempted, in other words, when you have a thought that you go, where did that come from? Or you think something, or you see something, or you're tempted to, to say something, or tempted to do something, you're in that moment of temptation, you have not sinned. You're simply being tempted like Jesus did. But what Jesus is looking for is us to react like he reacted. How I many know we're supposed to be followers of Christ? And so we have to learn to react to temptation like Jesus did. Think about this. I want to give you some things to think about that will help you look at temptation different. When the, sin, when the devil comes as the tempter and he gets in front of us, go to the Garden of Eden, for example, and he offers Adam and Eve the apple. He offers Adam and Eve the mango from Costa Rica. He offers Adam and Eve the fruit. The forbidden fruit. 
He shows them that, and he says, this will give you wisdom, and you'll be able to understand this and that, and this is from the tree of life. God doesn't want you. He gives them this whole thing. And how many know that when he looks at that apple, he looks at that deception, he does not think about what he's going to lose. In the moment of temptation, the devil only wants us to see what we can gain. He only wants us to see, he only wants them to see at that moment, if they'll take that fruit and eat it, They'll gain wisdom or they'll gain that, but they didn't understand that they were trading that fruit for paradise. So next time you're tempted, instead of looking at what's being tempted in front of you, think think to yourself and let the Holy Spirit help you, what am I going to lose if I do this? Because here's a fact. Fact. Every time you fall into temptation, you're losing something. You're losing something. You're losing ground. You're losing anointing. You're losing authority. You're losing the the, the real character of God. It doesn't mean you can't be forgiven. It doesn't mean that God can't restore. I'm trying to get you to understand that we need to look at those decisions as big decisions. And that if we will continually, habitually win the battle of overcoming temptation, we we will grow and become more anointed and become more full of the Holy Spirit and we won't fall like we used to fall. And I want to give you good news today. We can. We can overcome temptation. How many believe that this morning? Here's the definition of temptation from the Webster's. The desire to do something, especially wrong or unwise. The desire to do something, especially wrong or unwise. You know, as we come and we start to think about the devil and his sources that he uses of temptation, there's three sources that he uses. Number one, is he's a real person and a real enemy. He's a fallen angel. And so he it disguises himself as an angel of light. He will come to you and try to make a deal with you. He'll come to you and tell you this is not that big of a deal. Or he'll tell you this is not going to hurt anybody else. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't that big of a sin. He, if you read the Bible, church, the Bible calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. The father of all lies. But here's an interesting thing I've learned. We give the devil too much credit. And, and the reason that we give the devil too much credit is because we walk too much in our flesh. We don't believe enough of this Bible that we're reading. That, this can, that when Jesus says that you can that I've over, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, we don't believe that sometimes. And we start to say, well, you just don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm being tempted with. You don't, you don't understand. It's just, I'm just weak. I'm just, I just can't help myself. And God wants you to understand, yes, you can. Did you know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control? That was a revelation for me as a believer. Because I was in that place in a lot of times in my life when I would make an excuse and I would justify myself, or I would just say that, I, you know, this is the area of weakness in my life, or this is, and, 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 and one day, many years ago, God gave me a revelation as I was reading the fruits of the Spirit, and it's like He underlined right in front of my eyes, self-control. That means you can control yourself. You can control what you say, you can control what you do, you can control what you look at, everything, you can control it. You're in control of your mind. And Jesus wants us to understand that. That's why there's so many verses in the Bible about renewing your mind, having the mind of Christ, and all these things. But it takes spiritual discipline. 
It takes a desire to want to serve God. And I'm going to give you some things to think about this morning that might help you want to serve God more, that might make you think more next time you're tempted, today, tomorrow, next week, about what is this temptation going to do to my walk with God? What does this do to Jesus? So the devil is one source of temptation, and then the devil uses the world. When we talk about someone being worldly or secular or getting away from the world, there is a thought life that this world has that is totally contrary to God's word. And so we're not supposed to be like the world anymore. The Bible says we're supposed to come out of the world. We still live here, but we have to come out of the thought process of living in the world. And what's the world's thought process? Do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Go wherever you want. Do whatever feels good. That's what the world tells you. Just do whatever you want. But they don't ever talk about the consequences of sin. I was thinking about this this, uh, story or this uh, person back when I was young and growing up. Cigarettes were, were, I mean, obviously drugs existed, but cigarettes were huge. I mean, even like, even before I was born and 20 or 30 years before in TV, you'd always see the old shows. I mean, smoking, they were always smoking cigarettes. It was cool. Look at the old black and white movies and the old TV shows. They were always smoking cigarettes. And for years, they, they gave tons of people cancer, and tons of people got cancer from other people smoking cancer because the second hand's worse than the first. And I thought to myself a bunch of years ago when I got saved, I thought, man, they ought to start showing people what those, instead of showing the Marlboro man looking all tough with his cowboy hat and his girl next to him, don't they show that man lying in a hospital with emphysema on a, on a ventilator, puffing his life out, grabbing his last breath, skin and bones with lung cancer? Why don't they show that? And guess what? What do they do now? Have you seen the commercials? That's what they do now. They get people that come on that can't talk, and they tell them, this is what cigarettes done to me, and sometimes they show the person smoking the cigarette through the hole. Well, that, that's what the, that, the devil's never going to tell you. Hey, I'm going to tempt you in this little moment of, of, of sin here, but this is what's really going to happen after. He ain't ever going to tell you what's going to happen because, church, when the devil comes to tempt you, he has a motive behind it. And, and if you read your Bible, it's not a motive of, oh, I just want to scratch them, or I just want to break their leg, or I just want to hurt them a little bit. The Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So don't look at a temptation like, oh, this is just one little battle I lost. You need to look at temptation like this. I want you to picture Satan looking through the lock of your house, peeking through the, the eye hole of the lock. And he's looking, he's just waiting for you to come open that door. As long as he's looking, he's on the outside, he can't do nothing. Temptation is him looking through the door because he wants to come in and destroy but when you, when you give in to temptation, you just open the door wide open to Satan. And the Bible says that he is coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Not play games, not mess around. So it's serious business. How many can understand that this morning? Jesus says in Matthew 6 and Luke 11 in the Lord's Prayer, he's praying, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He begins to do the, sinner, the, the Lord's Prayer. And then he says, Lord, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. He knew that there was a tempter. He knew that there was an enemy coming after him. In church, the temptations, you need to start looking at temptation different. That that little temptation that you're playing around with could be something that could lead to death. 
could lead to destruction, could lead to something greater. Here's something I want you to write down. Oh, sorry, I got one more thing. Devil, world, flesh. This, this thing. Fleshly desires. Corrupt, disordered passions. How I many know oh, God has plans for all of us, and we come along and do whatever we want with our bodies, and sexually or physically or anything, and we're destroying the temple that God has intended, so we have to deal with this flesh. Flesh. Flesh always wants to do what flesh wants to do. So you have to ask yourself, am I walking in the spirit? Am I walking in the flesh? People who are overcoming temptation are walking in the spirit. Meaning they're making a decision every day. Paul wrote two-thirds of the, Old Te- of the New Testament. Paul was not married. He had no kids. He was all in. 100% in for the kingdom of God. And he said in the scripture, I die daily to my flesh. I don't know if there's a person outside of Jesus that's ever lived, that's been more set apart than Paul, writing most of the New Testament in chains in prison. And he said, I beat my flesh daily. I discipline my body. I cause it to come into subjection to to the likeness of Christ, to the mind of Christ, to the Word of God. If Paul had to do that, church, how much more do we need to do that? If Jesus Christ himself had to overcome temptation, how much more do we have to do it ourselves? Because Satan hates Jesus. I want you to understand that. When we look at sin, we look at it the wrong way sometimes. We just look at it like something there that might burn my finger or something. We need to start looking at it different. We need to start looking at it as when I fall into temptation, guess what I'm doing? I'm giving in to Satan who hates my Savior. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Temptation is a desire to engage in short-term urges for enjoyment that threaten long-term goals. If you think about this today, if I asked people to raise their hand in this place, there'd be people all over, all over this place who, who, are, who are drug addicts, alcoholics, addicted to pornography, all kinds of different lifestyles that they got into. And none of, none of the people here who had those kind of lifestyles woke up one day from one day to the next and grabbed crack cocaine or went to the worst pornography site that exists or went and drank a bottle of vodka. It happened little by little. It happened with the devil slowly lulling us to sleep. And, t- t- and, then, and then destruction. Short-term, t- short-term enjoyment today. A cigarette, a, 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 a joint, a little bit of drugs, a little bit of pornography, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He doesn't come at us all at once. He gets the little things. He, and what he's trying to do, he's trying to get a foothold in our life. Church, some of us, we might not know it, but we have a room for Satan in our house. We have a room for him. We're entertaining him and, and playing around with sex, playing around with immorality, playing around with sin like it's no big deal. And it is. Because the opposite of overcoming temptation is being defeated by temptation. And if we lose that battle, we lose the battle. So I'm trying to tell you today that temptation is real, but it can be overcome. So you have to start looking at those short-term lies of the devil. Here's an apple, and realize I'm going to lose paradise. Oh, but come on, it's just one little thing. It's just one little thing. Think about the murderers today that are in prison for murder. 
They didn't just wake up one day and go kill somebody. They started with little sins. They started with little things. They started doing little, all of a sudden they found themselves in prison. Are you, are you following what I'm saying this morning? Here's the, here's the biblical sense. I want to break it down a little bit more. The biblical understanding of temptation. It means that when the challenge of temptation comes, Satan is basically challenging your fidelity, challenging your faithfulness to God. Think about that. Next time you're tempted, Satan is in front of you saying, you don't believe in your God because you're going to give in to this. You don't love your God because you're going to give in to this. You're gonna, this little bit of pleasure right here is better than your God. That's what he's doing. He's, he's, he's dangling in front of you, that temptation, and he's basically challenging your faithfulness to God. You give in to it, you're, you're telling Satan he's right. If you don't, you're telling Satan he's wrong. How many want to tell Satan he's wrong? Every time. Every single time. Look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed. How many want to be blessed? Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now I want to say something before I read this that's really important. Go ahead and take the verse back off for a second. I'm going to read that in just a second. When I said earlier that we give, this, give Satan too much credit, I want you to think about something. Sometimes we picture Satan as this big, humongous, muscular, Thanos-type creature. This super buff, horrible, mean, just amazing foe. And we, we have that from movies and we have that from different things. And, and we give him too much credit and we give him too much power. And that power causes us to be powerless. Instead of giving that credit and that worship to Jesus, you might not do it on purpose, but we do. You know, we, you know how we do it? I just can't overcome this. You know how we do it? I just, I'm just weak. That's what we do. We, we're, we're giving Satan more power and telling Jesus he's not enough. That's what we're saying. When we say, I can't help myself, we're telling Jesus he's not enough. We're telling Satan he's greater. Do you think Satan likes that? Sure he does. Guess what Satan looks like? I thank David for looking for me because I didn't look at it before. It just came to my spirit. But don't read it now. Write it down if you want. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 16. Please don't read it now. Just listen. They actually said in the Bible, and it's in the New Testament, it's also in Revelation somewhere, there's a, a reference to it as well, that when we stand before God one day, all of us, we're standing before God, whether we're saved or not, people are going to look at Satan and, look and go, that's the one? That's the one who fooled us? That's the one who shook the world? That's what the Bible says. Meaning he's not, he's not what we make him out to be. We feed the dog. We feed the devil. When we give in to temptation, we put gas on the fire. If we would just recognize that the devil is defeated and Jesus is greater than anything we face and walk in that power, the devil would have to flee. Come on. Jesus is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome this world. Jesus said, I've already disarmed every principality and every power. Why are we giving the devil power? Why are we giving the devil in to our temptations and letting him win? Even if it's a small little temptation, why do we do that? Why would we give the devil the satisfaction of telling us, you just chose the fidelity of sin over God? Are you following me that that's what we do when we give in to temptation? 
Because he's challenging our fidelity to God. He's challenging our faithfulness to God. So he's not that big of a foe, but we make him that. Now back to the word, James 1. Blessed is the man, chapter, verse 12, who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So there is a, there is a crown for us overcoming temptation. There's a crown for us giving up some things. Today, it seems like in the church world, everything, and I said this last week about the cross, everything's about what I can get from God. Everything's about my best day, my best life, and it's never about us dying to ourselves. That's the true gospel. The true gospel is understanding that there's going to be a blessing for me one day when I say, Lord, I gave up some things for you. I stopped doing some things that maybe I could have got away with or, or maybe they weren't sin, but they were things that I sacrificed for you so that I could see people get saved. Amen. I'm tempted maybe to, to go do something else and not preach the gospel or, or I'm tempted to not pray or I'm tempted to do all these different things and God is saying, I've got a reward for those who overcome temptation. Amen? It's a crown of life. Let no one say, now this is key, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. If you ever, if you ever say, even if it's a good thing, you might say, man, I'm feeling tempted to, to do this. When you start this conversation with, I'm feeling tempted, it's not God. It's the devil. Because the Bible says it. God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone amen but each one and this is key each one is tempted when he is drawn away now i want to leave this verse up for a second this is important this is what happens to us but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires i want you to think of position here when i'm drawn away from the right desires to wrong desires i'm in the wrong place I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not looking at what I'm supposed to look at. I'm not reading what I'm supposed to read. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Are you understanding that? So I need to move away from that. I gave the example as a man this morning. I can't, I can't give an example for a woman because I've never been one and I never will be one. Amen? No matter how I feel. And I've never felt that, that desire, but I guess some people do. But I'm a man, and I don't know what it's like to be a woman or to be tempted as a woman. But as a man, we even know this is the fact, men are visual. Jesus said in the, in the New Testament, he said, if you just look at a woman, and we talk about this all the time in discipleship. Again, men, because I'm a man. And Jesus said, man, he said, if a man looks at a woman with lust in his eyes, he has committed the act. That's pretty strong. And so, as a man, if, if I look at a woman, I have a moment where I have to make a choice. And I'm pointing over here at this beautiful woman over here. But if it's a woman that's not my wife, I have a moment where I have to choose. Am I going to turn my head? Or am I going to look at that woman some certain way? And, and if, I, if I am in the flesh, and I'm not overcoming temptation... 
and I'm walking in the flesh and I'm not in the spirit and I'm not reading my word and I'm not praying to God and I'm not doing the things that I should do and I'm feeding my flesh, then my mind is going to take me to do something more. And maybe I'll look at that woman and take her clothes off in my mind or think something about her, but I have to turn away. Now, maybe a woman could come get up and give some example for a woman, but I'm giving it for a man, and I'm telling you what the Bible says. Jesus says, I'm going to destroy this whole, I can look, but I can't touch thing. Because it's a heart issue. He says, if you even look, what is he saying there? That you just look at a woman, you've lusted? No, he's saying when you've been drawn and then you're to your own desires and then enticed, now you're giving in and you're going to that. He's pretty... Because Job said, I've made a pact with my eyes that I will not look on a woman with lust. Amen. My eyes are totally for my wife. And that's it. 100%. Amen. Are you all following me? Where am I at when I'm in this temptation? Because most of the time when we fall into temptation, matter of fact, I would go beyond most, all the time when we fall into temptation, we're not in the right place. We have put ourselves in a position of compromise. So if we stay away from, this is why I'm telling you all throughout this thing that you can't overcome and, and defeat uh, temptation, you have to be in the right place. So if you were here and you're an alcoholic and you came in here and got saved, that's why we tell you, you've got to stop hanging around the people you used to hang around. If you have a desire to drink alcohol and you're, that's your temptation, then you don't need to be at a bar. You don't need to be at someone's house that's got alcohol. You, need to, you don't need to be around that stuff. You need to cut that stuff off so you're not tempted to be drawn away and enticed by the things that are in your flesh. That, oh, we've got to love this world, though. Yeah, but you don't know, you don't know how to do it yet. You are eventually going to be a light to that person, but you, you can't say no to alcohol yet. Or you can't say no to drugs yet. Or you can't say no, whatever it is. And I want to make this clear too. It ain't just about, that's Texas ain't lingo there, man. It ain't just about <laughs> drugs and alcohol and sexual perversion. It's about the things that are not seen too. Like anger and unforgiveness and lies and jealousy and covetousness. And Galatians 5 says all the, all the works of the flesh. Those are the things, because I think a lot of times Christians get past the outside evident thing, like I don't shoot up no more, I don't drink no more, I don't do this no more, but how many possible hidden sins do we have? How much anger do we have in our heart? How much covetousness do we have for somebody else's possessions? How much unforgiveness do I have towards somebody? Those are things that the devil will tempt us on, and we might look like, like I could be up here preaching this every Sunday to you, and I could live a life of, of anger or unforgiveness or whatever and just be shooting myself in the foot. I'm preaching to you, but I have no authority. Are you with me? So the devil knows what your weakness is. And so you've got to be in a place where you're not going to be drawn away. You're going to lose the battle before you even start. That's why Jesus, I didn't mention this in the first service, that's why Jesus said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. You know what he's saying? Take sin serious. If you can't handle your phone, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get a flip phone. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? He's, he's saying, you, you can't, if you pick up that phone and you're weak and whatever it is, get rid of it. Oh, that's just so, so over the top and so crazy, so radical. You want to make it to heaven? 
You got to be radical. Because the devil's not playing games. He wants to take you to hell. You got to overcome these temptations. Because here's why. Watch why. If you don't get in the right position, watch what happens. Then, so I'm in the bad position. Now I've been drawn. Now I've been enticed. Instead of fleeing, I'm still here. Look what happens. Desire conceives. And, when, and then it gives birth to sin. So do you notice there that there's, there's a process, could be seconds, could be minutes, could be weeks, doesn't matter, but there's a process between the temptation and the sin. And that's you making the choice to get out. That's you making the choice to stop looking. That's you making the choice to stop thinking. That's whatever it is. He says, then it gives birth to sin. And when it is full grown, it brings forth death. So sin is not to be played with. Temptation, church, is, Jesus, is Satan tempting you to die? Is Satan is tempting you to, to pledge allegiance to him? He's telling you, your Jesus is not enough. The blood of Jesus isn't strong enough because you're too weak. And our answer should be yes, and the scripture says, but in my weakness, he is strong. Amen? We got to get to a place where we're quoting and speaking the word of God. Again, temptation, when habitually kept at a distance, becomes powerless. We need to get to where we walk around and we say, no devil, nope, 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 not doing it, nope, not happening. I, I, I have an anointing. I have kids. I have people that are watching me. I have, I have a destiny. I have a crown waiting for me. That ain't worth it. Nope. Not going to look at that. Not going to think that. Not going to go there. Not going to do that. Nope. And how many know if you just keep doing this, eventually the devil is going to get tired of coming at you. Just keep doing this. He's going to stop. And you can overcome it. And I'm telling you, you can happen. He'll go find easier prey. And he'll realize this is someone I can't mess with. But you stay humble. And you stay full of the word of God. And you stay consistent. And you, and you quote God's word like he's the author and finisher of our faith. And he who has begun a good work in me will finish it. But he's doing it in me. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Now, I want to finish with the verse here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is so powerful. Tell the person next to you, you can overcome temptation. Now tell them this, every time. That's key. I when it comes to temptation, church, I don't want to be 9 out of 10. I want to be 10 out of 10. And I want you to know today, you can overcome temptation every time. Every single time. Get, ask me why. Because the Bible says it. No temptation. Oh, but pastor, you don't know how weak I No temptation. Oh, but you don't know how I was raised, pastor. You don't know. No temptation has overtaken you. Except what is common to man. 
This means that there's nothing new under the sun, that you're not some special project of the devil. You're a human being, and when you're tempted, everyone's tempted the same. Temptation is temptation, and the bottom line is the devil wants you to fall. And nothing that we go through, Jesus has not been through. So he says, but God is faithful. This is why I tell you you can overcome it. God is faithful. Because watch what he does. Who will not allow you to be tempted. I'm just so weak. I just can't help myself. Then you're, you're mocking the Bible. You might as well just say, I just don't believe the Bible. Can we be real? That's what we're saying. I can't do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Why don't we just start doing the verses backwards? If we believe or we don't. He says, because you will not be allowed to be tempted beyond what you are able. And with the temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you, will be, that you may be able to bear it. You can overcome temptation every time. You just got to take the door. Can I get a better amen? amen? Let's read this one more time. I feel like you didn't get it. No temptation. How many know what no means? Zero. No temptation. That means no temptation. Like but, but, no, no buts. Nothing is going to overcome you that's not common. That somebody else hasn't been tempted with. Sometimes we puff ourselves up and we make ourselves a better, bigger sinner than we are. Oh, but they don't know what I'm going through and they don't know what I've done. And they don't know. Just realize we're all sinners. We all need a Savior. He says, I'll make a way out. If you want to take the way out. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. How many want that blessing? Next time you're tempted, which might be now, might be in an hour, might be in five hours, might be ten hours. Remember, when I get tempted, I'm not sinning, but I'm given an opportunity by God to show God my faithfulness. And the devil's not going to win. He's not going to make me mock my God. I'm not going to put Jesus back on the cross again. I'm going to say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for that sin, and I'm not going to do it. And church, again, I'm telling you, if you will continually and habitually say no and resist the temptation, it will eventually become powerless. If you believe in me preaching this gospel, I can tell you I've lived it. I've been bound by things that I have overcome and they are no longer a temptation because I have killed that. I have died to that and I don't feed it. And I consciously every single day stay away and keep my hands out. You're not coming near me. I'm not opening that door. And you can do it too. Every one of us can do it. And you know what happens when you do that? You're blessed. You know what happens when you do that? You're working towards a crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love us. And as, right before we close our eyes, I'm going to tell you one more thing that's so cool. Every single time you give and you, you say no to temptation you draw closer to Jesus you become more like Jesus isn't that awesome every time you win that battle which we want to be 10 for 10 you're becoming closer and closer to what Jesus is it is written it is written it is written
Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit that's here right now. You're here. You're in this place. You're anointing this message. This is such an important message, God, for, for believers. Because, Lord, for too many, too many of us justify and compromise and lie to ourselves and allow the devil to do exactly what he wants to do, twist and deceive and change the word of God that is true. And Father, today I know there's going to be fruit from this message. I know people are going to realize they can overcome temptation. They defeat the devil every time by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we depend on you this morning. We need you this morning. And Lord, we die to ourselves. We die to our flesh. We die to our wants and our desires. And we do as Paul said. We do as Jesus said. Not my will, sir. Not my will, Lord. But your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're going to open up the altar in just a moment. We're going to pray. Seek the face of God for a few minutes to overcome temptation. And we're going to, I believe some people here are going to defeat a temptation this morning. They're never going to have it again because you're going to get so far away from that temptation. It's not going to come around. And you're going to continually, habitually say no to it. And it's going to run away like the demons do when they hear the word of God. They tremble. Because you're going to make a decision. You're going to get serious about sin. But before we do, there's a more important thing today. And that's the salvation of your soul. Watching online here in the sanctuary, does Jesus know your name? Has your name been written in the book of life? Have you been born again? Are you saved? Jesus died for you. He loves you. And he needs you to accept what he did on the cross for your sins. But that's a choice you have to make for yourself. Have you made that decision? Have you believed on Jesus? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he your salvation? Today you can make him that. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Church, he can say that because he defeated the devil at every angle. He went to the cross. He was obedient unto death. Being fully God and fully man, he died on that cross. And then he rose from the dead so we could live eternally with God. How many in this place could say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me today. I'm not saved. Lift your hand up. Put it right back down. I'm here. Look at me. That's me. I need you to pray with me. If I died today in an accident, if I breathed my last breath, if I passed into eternity, if Jesus came back today, I don't know where I would go. If you're not sure, please put your faith in Jesus. Just lift it up and say, I need you to pray with me today. I want to make sure that I know where I'm going. Because church, I see your hand. Eternity is forever. It's forever. It's forever. Maybe you're here right now and you're giving in to the temptation of the lie of the devil to tell you that you're not worthy. That you're not good enough to be saved. That you've done too much wrong. That's what this whole message is about. Satan is a liar. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We're all sinners. 
We're all lost, Romans says. We all fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. How many will choose life today? Just lift your hand and say, I need Jesus. That's me. Right before I go on. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We're going to open up these altars in just a moment. If you raised your hand and you meant it, and you are ready to say, Jesus, I'm all in. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. I, I don't know your heart. But all I know is I'm doing what the Bible tells us to do, which is give a gospel presentation. I said this in the first service. We say this for every single service. You know why? Because we want the devil to know this is a place where people can get saved. We want the devil to know that salvation is what this church is about. It's not a social club. This is a hospital where people come to get healed. This is a place where dead people come to come to life. That's why we're here. And if you're dead in your spirit, today you can come alive. You can be forgiven. You can become a new creation. If you raise your hand, just step out real quick before we, before we pray and just come down to the altar. Just find a, the nearest aisle. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but something's telling you that you need to come. Amen. Amen. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. Are you sure you're saved? Are you sure you're born again? Are you sure your name's in the book of life? Is your faith in Jesus today? Amen. Would you say this with me, with the congregation and those that are watching online? Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. I recognize that I fall short of your glory. I'll never be good enough to make it to heaven on my own. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and living a sinless life dying on the cross for all of my sins paying the eternal price for my salvation I believe and confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and I believe you not only died on the cross but you defeated death when you rose from the grave I believe you're at the right hand of the Father and you're interceding for me Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. Take me and use me for your glory. Please forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean today with your precious blood. And write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.